Welcome, friends. Welcome back. Uh, Think Peace podcast number, who knows what number it is. We don't really keep track of numbers and things like this or viewers or listeners or anything like that. And we just <laughs> kind of do it. It's somewhere what's in the place. <laughs> Jason, Brennan, Dave, what's up, guys? Hey, guys. And uh, tonight we are going into a territory we haven't delved into in quite some time, and that is politics. Um, I guess the closest we got to this is our conspiracies podcast. Uh, I think that one sort of devolved into this at, at the end when we talked about the the current state of things, and that was back in yeah. 2020. I think that that one was recorded, but um, but yeah, we don't usually talk about politics. We've been keeping nobody up. really does any podcast about politics. No, well, I, I thought like. we there's. Just- there, there are there's 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 not much of that out there. No. Breaking new ground, <laughs> I would say. I yeah. thought we figured it all out and kind of solved all the problems. But, but it's not only politics tonight. It's politics and the Bengals in the motherfucking Super Bowl. Wow. Well, you've now spoiled it. So I, you know, no, I, thought, I, think, I thought we'd tease it out. I thought we'd tease Let's... it out a little bit, but <laughs> you you fucked that. So all right. Well, <laughs> I, I mean. <laughs> That's all right. Well, you, let, sorry, I asked you for the format. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just unrecoverable. <laughs> well, I'll I'll just tell them what time to skip to, and they can just skip over the politics stuff and listen to the Bengals stuff. We'll uh, we'll just put <laughs> the, the time code outdated uh, pre Super Bowl excitement that was soon to be either <laughs> you know confirmed or squashed. We shall see. Yeah, I'm I'm, oh, I'm per- feeling pretty. Perhaps good. our optimism will uh, will. Be like a last dying, shining moment for us here. Well, like uh, yeah, and it'll be nice to have a capture to remember it. Like even at, even, at the peak, at the yeah, peak, exactly. Like <laughs> <laughs> it will never get better than this. No, this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. The night before, there's always optimism. It's like the first day of the season. Like the yeah. night before the Super Bowl, if you're there, like you. You've got the world on the plate. Yeah. We've had this okay. twice in our. Well, I've had it once in my lifetime. You guys, Dave, twice. I had it. Yeah, I was alive. You were. Wait, alive. you got wasn't it eighty two? January of eighty two. Was it the eighty one season? I guess. Yeah, so I in the eighty two. So we're all football. we're all alive, real football I guess. historians. We are here. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, what? huge Bengals fans. What was the other time I got beat by the forty nine ers? Oh yeah, when I was when I was. You know, seven months old. I was zero. I was yeah. completely. Uh, <laughs> I was a pretty big football fan back when I was zero. <laughs> really, really into the Bengals. Really. <laughs> Yelling at the TV. <laughs> well, before we get into the fun stuff, let's depress ourselves and get pissed Speaking off. Of right. the TVs, I yeah. mean, let's uh, you know, let's work ourselves into a nice, good frenzy before we uh, before we really get happy about anything. Uh, so I, I sent an article out to David Brennan about two weeks ago, and um, it was by David Brooks. It was an article in The Atlantic, and it was basically asking where the Republican Party that David Brooks fell in love with, the conservatism that he grew up with, where it had gone. Um, he pointed to several things that were sort of keystones or touchstones in his you know, sort of political growth and development, uh, and the type of conservative that he was, still is, um, and how it seems that the party has abandoned this type of conservative. I'm talking about a conservative that is fiscally tight, 
Um, probably doesn't want to spend a lot on so- social programs or, or things of that nature, but is also grounded in a morality of some sort. Um, and that's, you know, I, I found that to be the undercurrent of what he was saying is that he felt like... Aren't the, those things like almost mutually exclusive? Like they don't want to spend money on being nice to people, but they're very moral. <laughs> I would say that there you could treat people nice and still not want to give them money. Now, that's not, I'm not saying that that is like the Christian way or the, the, the right way or any other way. But I can see those two things coexisting. What he's saying, I believe in this piece, is that they've completely abandoned manners or decorum or morals altogether. And it's just about power and just about winning at all costs. So I'll let you guys weigh in a little bit. I don't know um, what you took from the article, what you thought of the article. So why don't you guys just react to it and then uh, we'll sort of jump into some stuff from there. Yeah, I think the other big uh, guy, I don't remember exactly how I framed it. I haven't read it in a couple of weeks, but the the whole idea of conservatism as like uh, slow progress and you, you're really tied to your family and community binds. And those are the things that sustain you and you don't want to have individuals or science or reason kind of overnight change those connections and those things but yeah definitely don't believe in science that that probably uh maybe putting my own spin on that but (laughs) um i don't know i think and, and i think the argument of the conservative sort of academic exercises that well if everybody's in a loving family in a strong community um they'll take care of each other so you don't need social programs you don't need the government you don't need some expert telling you what to do or how to do it because it's just going to happen naturally in your own groups and families and whatever, which um, I think if you look at uh, uh, history, uh, we've probably proven that those things are not fail safe and there are cracks and it doesn't always play out like that. So I think the thing that frustrated me about, I understand he's an he's, He's a, an intellectual and looks at these things. Well, this is what I believe. And on paper, this all makes sense to me. And right. what has happened to us? Well, I think it's disingenuous right. because it's not like something just happened in the last yeah. 10 or 20 years. Well, oh, the cracks are showing that now we're not following these principles. And now, you know, things aren't as they once were. It was like they never were. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The cynical view of the, I mean, don't, right. don't kid yourself. Don't, don't kid us. This is always a power play. This is always about, money and um culture and you know those sort of things that drove behavior i don't doubt there's people like david brooks who think you you can read all these books and it sounds great and you have these principles but it never played out like that right well i mean his notions of conservatism admittedly in here are from as far back as the 1500s exactly like so yeah the, the uh archetype of, of what he thinks conservatism is, uh, is a defensible ideology. But it hasn't been like that for at least like, what, 60 years, uh, 50 years? I mean, 
Nixon sucked when when he became enthralled yeah. with uh, with conservatism. Um, I mean, Reagan was in office. Reminder, he sucked. Yeah. Uh, like it had a ton of indefensible shit. Um, so like, I mean, good for David Brooks for like kind of coming around and writing articles that are kind of on more on the right side of things now. Um, but like he, 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 he still doesn't account for, for so much of what conservatism has actually stood for in recent, you know, I don't know, post-war America. Um, and, and that is racism, um, evangelicalism, um, uh, or evangelism uh, is like just a mask for, um, for, for anything that they want to do. Um, and so including fraud. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so like, I don't know, I don't think the Republican party is redeemable as he maybe does because it's not the 17th century. So I don't know. Well, it's like it's like make America great again. Like, what does that mean? What are we going back to? What, right. When was the was it the Eisenhower era? Maybe, but like that was post war. Like things. I mean, things were going to naturally be a certain way anyway. And I think to me, it's all these like kind of never Trumps or they're they want to make it very clear. Like, oh, this is not me. I'm not part of this. I believe Good. In I would these other things. Well, yeah. Well, think about maybe how your support of all this shit has led us to a place where we don't believe in, you know, I don't yeah. know. Well, it's help, no accident. Help, helping people or fat. Yeah. What, yeah, exactly. And he's, he's been writing in the New York times for 15 years or whatever, spouting all this shit and always finding a way while trying to stay above the fray, subtly defending these worldviews. And, right. and right. they're not and, in, in essence, absolving these people of all their gross hypocritical awful behavior because they're on the right side of what yeah. he believes is yeah. wh- whatever, but it's all it's religion bullshit. or politics, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not saying that I, uh, it doesn't mean you have to say, well, um, I believe that liberalism is the right world view or I believe in it or anything like that, but call out what's going on. I mean, all right. Yeah. So, so let me, uh, Real quick, let me play kind of devil's advocate here. Well, not even really devil's advocate. Let's look at things from sort of a a utilitarian perspective for a second and say, like, how is it that we make government work again? If So what what I remember, and one of the things that he mentioned in here is probably pre-Newt Gingrich being Speaker of the House, there wasn't this current Mitch McConnell mentality of like, let's just block everything. There was people willing to work with one another. There's history of bipartisanship, bills getting passed, things that are, you know, healthcare was always a tough obstacle. Clinton tried to get it passed. Like, like those things have always been things that Republicans have fought and and that's fine. But there was all, it always seemed to, and, you know, going back to what you said, if the, the idea is let's, allow progress to happen, but let's make progress slow. Let's make sure it's deliberate, make sure it's going in the direction that we want. And that might be to keep around institutions like Brennan that was saying that are still racist or misogynistic or, you know, it is spoiler alert. Well, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Is. But, but I think to do just but, those but the, but the, and I think the, the generous argument is it's a cause because it's slow. It's hard to escape those things. 
I'm, I don't believe that, but right. I mean, that's a generous interpretation. But, but, but the question then becomes, okay, so how do we govern? Because it, the, the country is still going to be split in half. How do we bring more people to a place where they can still govern and run government and we're not constantly bickering about whether or not we're going to default on loans? Like you have to give my party something so we don't default on our loans. You have to, you know, like it seems now it's just how do we fight a constant stagnated stalemate. Like it just sits, everything just sits and we don't get anything really done. Like how long have they been? Yeah. I don't know. And, and well, uh, it's clear that Republicans don't want to govern because when they had control of both houses and when they had Trump in office, they could have passed whatever the fuck they wanted and they didn't do anything, anything to help. Well, and anyone I think except that's the point. Tax cuts. It, it, and if you true, I mean, I guess you could, in defense of conservatism, if your belief is we don't want any progress, we don't want to change anything, that's a logical conclusion for how you would do things. You don't want anything to happen other than blocking things that might make progress or change things or improve things or whatever. I mean, that's what you do. And when you have a party that's that's objective is to say no to everything, I think obstructionism is like the logical conclusion. Brennan, uh, that's a that's a shitty worldview. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not I'm not defending like, it. <laughs> I don't know. That's just my response to it. Uh, it's correct. I, I, like, I don't know. I, can you? I don't know. It just seems like uh, I don't know. Li- living to think that even the people uh, who are elected for the task of um, I don't know, essentially making our country the best it can be um, within some sort of like ridiculously litigated and three century old uh, laws. Um, well, I guess two century and, and change in some cases, but like, um, and it just, it just seems like a crazy, uh, crazy way to go about things. I don't know how you can bring people together though, if that's the question. Well, and I think one of the, I, one Go of the, well, yeah, exactly. One of the, like, I mean, it gets lost in all the, shit that was the Trump presidency, but just the fact that most of the people he appointed to be um, the heads of all these agencies did not believe that that agency should actually even exist. So these cabinet members and the the people that ran like the Department of Education and Department of Energy, they literally, the uh, urban housing, and they didn't think those things should, should exist. So they actively tried to dismantle the agencies that they were running. Imagine that being your worldview that I'm in a position of power. I could possibly help people or make the country better. And I'm literally spending my time and energy trying to not get funding and trying to not hire people, lay people off and actively not do sabotage this entire organization that's built to help people. I mean, that is, that is shocking. That is shocking. That would be, you're so beholden to a worldview or a, a, a rationale about what government should and shouldn't do that that's how you would spend your time right. and your power. So here comes, I, I don't know how you deal with that. Here comes the crazy. Rub. Cross, man. Here, here comes the crazy rub of all of it. And you all know where I stand politically. I'm, I'm right in bed with the well, two of you when we it do, comes. <laughs> but here, 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 here comes Reagan junior here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I wish there was video to go along with this. Cause I <laughs> spit an image of Reagan. Um, uh, so here, here's the here's the crazy part of all of it. 
so you look at the biggest obstructionist of the last two decades, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell. And he is, in the last two months, had in hand, we need money for these disasters in Kentucky. We need money. We need to, we need to help these people. We need to this and that. And then as recently as, you know, three days ago, he's calling January 6th a violent insurrection, going against all of the yeah. majority of what yeah. the party is saying now. And you look at these people and you're like, oh, well, it's an olive branch. Like, they, they, they do get it. They are trying to help people. And it's crazy how slimy and power-hungry Mitch McConnell is as a human being because you know that he does not give a shit about any of those people in Western Kentucky. <laughs> no, but, but, but they get, yeah, I mean, and he and, gets, and everything, to, to, everything, you get so much credit for literally like crossing the, the smallest fucking, you know. And, and, and so everything yeah. though that he's trying to bring to his state is stuff that he would be opposed to or fight against. Like the budget for FEMA being larger, he would fight against the, 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 you know, everything that is allowing him to provide relief to the people that elected him is stuff that he has fought to block. And, and he's <laughs> voted against federal funding for other natural disasters in places that he doesn't deem worthy. Right. Exactly. Well, yeah, it was a Rand Paul for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't even uh. want to bring up him. He's a, but it, and, and a lot, there's a lot of Republicans who are literally campaigning on, the money they're getting from these bills that they voted against. Yeah. I mean, it happens all the time. <laughs> it's, it's just, I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess it's just pure politics, but it, it's like, man, how vacuous do you have to be to do this with a straight face? And, you know, um, but I think back to McConnell, it is interesting why he, there's certain things that he does weigh in on. And I think in some ways it does go back to the initial point about conservatism, but he wants things to remain as they are. He wants, he likes the setup. Of Him the remaining Senate. in office. He likes correct. That's the only, only thing. Absolutely. But that's part of it. He doesn't want chaos. He doesn't want chaos from trying to overturn all this shit or cause, the, cause then he, he has no control in that. He has no say he wants the, he wants to be the one in power. He wants to be the one. He doesn't want these fucking idiots that are, you know, taking their message. That's from some such dipshit. a megalomaniac, like, ethos that you have to have uh in order to even like succeed in this world practically uh yeah. I, I don't i don't think all politicians have it but man like he does yeah they're like and you and you'll do anything at the expense of anybody uh yeah to, to and and, and sometimes what it comes across as is oh he's actually saying something that should be said well why is he saying it yeah because there's an angle think there's about what it means for him it's politically calculated control. for sure yeah, absolutely Absolutely. Always an angle with him. He's mm. so let's, uh, I mean, it, it, this is a, a completely hypothetical, obviously. Would we be having these discussions if Trump would never have been in office? Like to the extent that we are right now? No, be- because I totally exacerbated all this shit, man. Yeah. Of course it did. And could that maybe be a good thing that these conversations have been sped up because the direction was, was like hurtling towards this even slower. Well, or I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm hey, no, I, throwing the, this out there. The, the moment Trump got elected, I said, if there could ever be a silver lining in this, 
it would be that more people became more uh, motivated to at least talk about this stuff, if not do more. Um, I rarely do more, uh, to be 100% honest here. Like, this is just, uh, but anyway, like, and that maybe that good art would come of it um, because that usually happens when people are, are like pissed off or hurt or confused or, or uh, charged in some way. I'm not sure if that was the case. Maybe the jury's still out on it. Yeah, I, I didn't, I I didn't, see, so I didn't see like, I, no. I didn't see like an outpouring of that. It was a much, just much more like kind of, I don't know, hatred and, bad vibes from people. Um, and so, uh, I don't know, maybe there still is a silver lining and the Jerry's out on that and probably some other cliches too, but, um, (laughs) but I don't know. I don't think, I don't think that even that very bleak, uh, optimistic view of that presidency and era was even fulfilled. Yeah. I go back and forth on whether he, is the reason that, I mean, clearly, I mean, you can't deny he accelerated this shit, obviously, but I think he's, it's letting the party off the hook to single him out as, Oh, he's an exception or, I mean, he's clearly exceptional in all the worst sort of ways, but like it was heading in this direction. And I think we forget now, cause it's they, been a they while, cho- but they chose him, they chose they, him, they, they chose him yeah. but also like that, the particularly the, I mean, the whole Bush pride, I mean, Bush was a clown. I mean, it was really bad. I mean, people hated that guy. I mean, he really Republicans hated that guy too. Let's well, yeah. Let's, yeah, let's be, let, let, they like. But I mean, this has been. I mean, he just had a way of because of probably his background. He had a way of functioning as a president in normal ways that he probably got away with some things and was absolved of some of the crazy shit that actually was going on, but. I think it was heading in this direction. The, he seems the genius cute in compared, in compared yeah, to Trump, though, right? But I mean, think about the things he did, though. I mean, oh, atrocities. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And so I think it's letting him off the hook. I think the genius of, I hate to even say this, of Trump is oh, God, he, he's got one good skill, and it's his mob boss mentality of finding he knows people's weaknesses and he gets them to agree with crazy shit and then he's got you like and people are afraid to turn on him and he he you know he's enough of a threat to do things if they do that you know he's i mean i can see that working in the new york real estate it's wild but how did it work overtake the entire entire country wild and it's the the collective action problem if everybody agreed to just pay him zero mind he would go away tomorrow but people don't behave that way and because well, everybody, man, the, the other thing you, you can say is there is like some sort of crazy, like charisma about the guy, man. Of like course, we all, absolutely. We all knew who he, who he was in like 1988. Like Literally the in the late eighties. I, we would talk yeah. about him. We yeah. all, yeah. Oh, you're yeah. as rich as Donald Trump. We probably exactly. all like said that dumb right. shit as a second grader. Like, right. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, like he like somehow managed to become a celebrity and stay there. The whole and, time, and basically behaving the same way through his whole career, and yeah. somehow it's worked. And I think even in 2016, I don't think he truly believed it would work. I, I don't. No, I truly. He, he was shocked on that election night. He really was. 
like, oh shit. And I, have I, I don't won. Oh, but then he ran with it. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I bet there was more days he didn't want to be president than did. Sure. Like yeah. I see, I, just, I, I don't know, man. I don't think like he's like as self-aware or self-honest to even admit that that can yeah. be the case. Like I, well, I think, think it was, I think it was a harder, deluded. I think I mean, it was a harder job. Himself even. I think it was a harder job than anything he's ever done in his life. And I think it was, yeah, but he didn't even do it though. That's, yeah. Yeah. Right, he, right. Like, yeah. He just but he chose not it. to do it. Yeah. Well, which is crazy. He just kept criming. <laughs> anyway, I, I mean, crying. he's clearly an exceptional figure, but again, I, I think it's letting people off the hook to say that he's the reason. And again, he's pro- he's accelerated things. And the reason that we're probably talking about this, yeah, and, and, it was and, headed in this direction. And that I was, really, that was my question. I th- I yeah. think that it was headed in yeah, this direction. I did. I yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Cause look at the whole, the whole infrastructure was right there to support all this shit. Mm-hmm. That, that wouldn't have happened if he, if it was a stable party that had a moral compass and somebody like that came along. First of all, he wouldn't have been elected. He wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have won the primary. Well, I mean, and think about, after all the shit he did, you throw him to the curb. I mean, think about all the people that while while he was running, were his enemies that immediately turned coat. Think about Lindsey Graham, Ted Cruz, Ted all Cruz these fucking is the, of all people. Yeah, like, uh, he, yeah. he he fucking shamed your wife and your, your dad. dad. Like yeah. it's yeah, it's yeah. gross. And um, why? And why? Yeah, you have to ask us why is that. And again, I think the whole apparatus is around power and a few cultural things. And Trump was smart enough to realize that if I gin up all these, these stupid culture wars and I get Supreme court justices nominated and, and, and taxes, that's literally what they really care about. All the other stuff I can get away with. I can do, I can run my stupid New York mob boss construction thing and, no one's going to say anything. Yeah. And you can lie your ass off about yeah, just all that shit lie. anyway. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, he's lived his entire life in a house doused with gasoline, just threatening to light the match. That's all. Yeah. That's it, man. That's exactly. that's the entire thing. Like, I will burn your world to the ground. And, like, and my, by my, the way, those my, people are dangerous. My, my yeah, world I mean, will burn too, but I don't care yeah. about dropping this match, lighting this match. Like, that is yep. him in a nutshell. Like, he just doesn't. And individually, people down. all make the decision, or almost all of them. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to go up in flames. Yeah. And so if everybody makes that decision or enough do, guess what? <laughs> Nothing happens. He That's like so morally and intellectually weak. It is. Yeah. It absolutely is. And it's a true, uh, their argument is the ends justify the means or ultimately if this is what I believe in and he's going to, you know, protect abortion or, you know, get the Supreme Court justices that will overturn abortion and lower taxes and, um, inflamed culture wars. That's all I care about. And so you can get away with it. And again, what does that say about a worldview? I mean, I, I, well, I have an opinion on that, but. Well, I think that's the, uh, I mean, I guess that's the, the question that would, I would take us for hours and hours and hours to try to predict and, and, get anywhere with is like, where does the future of that party go? Um, well, and, I got time. I got hours and, and hours. Let's, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Let's start. But, where do we begin? But, but let's, Just kidding. Actually, I'm at the end. I, I don't have much more on politics. <laughs> no, I'm not totally kidding. Let's pause for just a second though. And ask 
is the Democratic Party. So I, I get I've started with this idea where where I was um, with the Brooks article is I feel like the center is falling out and things. Even though I I feel like a centrist Democrat would have been a Republican like ten years ago, um, like you know like Mansion and Cinema, like yeah, I, good. I I. But what I'm saying is that like. Is it healthy that the middle falls out and that the road to compromise isn't there? Um, or do you see a possibility of a three party, like a centrist party, and then like a liberal party and a, a um, or like a progressive party and a uh, conservative party? Or it's not uh, the Democrats that are about to break apart, right? I mean, w- well, I, I I'm not going to disagree with you there, but I I do feel like um, that. I, I I personally agree with the more progressive side of the party. So you, don't say. you, you know, I the I want the things that those people want. I don't see that happening with, but I do see progress being made with with a more centrist party. So like, if I felt like the needle was going to move if I voted for a centrist rather than a more progressive candidate, I would be more apt to do that. The question is like, I, I guess the question is. Do we see where where do we see the future of the two parties? Are they going to both keep getting uh, pushed more towards the the edges, and is that rife for a, a third party to form, or do you guys ever see that happening? I think it's the it's the natural evolution. If there's only two parties in power, I mean, you can just see it. I mean, it's going to naturally go to the the polls. I mean, I don't think there's any way around it. And the the more that happens, the less um, incentive anybody has to break from that as someone in those either one of those parties. I mean that, and then they just keep retreating. I mean, you see it. There are so many people, not so many people. There are politicians, I think, in what we would traditionally call the center, who would, in on their own, left to their own devices, without any potential repercussions from their party leadership or voters, they would vote differently on a lot of things. They absolutely would, but they, they can't and they won't because they're there. They can't, they're there. They can't, they're, they can't, you're right. You're right. The kind of people that are drawn to that kind of power are the kind of people who are not willing to make those choices. I mean, that's, that's part of the, it's sad, but almost everybody in those positions acts based on, how will this help me going forward? Or what are the negative consequences without looking at, Hey, why am I actually here? Why do I care about power? Is it to actually do something to make a difference? And I think as long as that's the case, uh, these parties are going to keep getting more entrenched. So the question is, I think it absolutely does then open the door for a third party in terms of what could actually help our democracy. But I think it, it's even harder to do because how do those people get the money or the juice to do it? I mean, they're locked out. Yeah. Which is sad and scary. I mean, yeah, but individual politicians can, uh, can, can, I don't know. I think think and vote freely, man. Like no. even if you, even if you are a Democrat or probably just a Democrat, uh, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. That like you, you know, you, 
you can vote differently on on different things, but oh, man, like I think I, I think you see that more more at the state level for sure. Like, yeah, yeah, man. Like, like I just you got to be such like a I don't know like a sociopath almost like a political or social sociopath. There's probably a term for that. Yeah. Um, like and just they're, be like they're, they're sociopaths. <laughs> oh, they're sociopath? <laughs> of course they are. Yeah. <laughs> you think senators and governors and they're not normal people. No. These people are fucked up. Yeah. And, and I think it's weird though that we've made it a contest to like be that person. Uh, well, and I think in our political system. One thing, well, one thing we haven't talked about, and I think it's part of what amp, uh, amplifies the polarization, but also creates crazier and crazier people is in the information age and the way we do things now, you got to be nuts to, to subject yourself or your family to any of this stuff. I mean, you have to have, either some really, really, really noble cause, which most of them do not have, or some missing genes that, and so those are the kind of people you're stuck with. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, these people are weird. Speaking really of gene, weird. when Weaver was the uh, yeah. <laughs> mayor, mayor of Fort Wright, that was in a much less politicized time. And how and much shit did he deal with? He got tons of shit. And he's like, yeah, was, okay, well, I won't do that again. It's fucked up. <laughs> exactly. And he's the mayor of a small city. Yeah, so, 8,000 yeah, people. Exactly. For our listeners who aren't uh, familiar with, yes, exactly. Which there are, that's almost <laughs> no. certainly not the case. But uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. And he's a you know normal person trying to you know do what he thinks right. And there's, it's not a he yeah, had a pretty noble no. cause. Like yeah, I don't know helping yeah. the city. Yeah, he, he a city he grew up in and lived in. We want to make and, it a little better. And he yeah. was he was paid for that job, twelve hundred dollars yeah. a year. Holy shit, that's <laughs> insane. Well, that, that that's the other thing. You know, um, it's it's become lucrative to be a politician. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, and that's, you know, and especially, yeah. I mean, I don't, the power. I, yeah. I don't know. It's the I don't, money and the power. I, I don't yeah. think that anybody, it's like Coolio said, power and the money, money and the power. Minute, <laughs> minute after minute, hour after hour. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um did I get the, that right? The funny thing you did, you did. That's as much rap as I know. <laughs> <laughs> Two coolio lyrics. That's wrong. You could like rap all of Lottie Dottie with me if we if or nothing but we a like G the thing. potty <laughs> <laughs> or nothing but a G thing or one of those. I, um, well, I might hear a couple of those tomorrow. <laughs> I know, man. I'm so excited, man. There's this a nationally televised rap concert that's book. There's bookended so by a, a bunch of guys in pads running into each other. That's cool. Yeah. Um, hmm. Never we'll heard of it. T- we'll talk but about, I think we'll talk real about quick, that later. Back to this, the whole centrist thing and power. There's an argument to be made that if a coalition could be formed in the center, they would have an incredible amount of power. Like if, like, yeah, because they're like the party the that's going to fucking world, govern. They'd be Brooksian Republicans. If, if he was savvier about governing, he could. He's a kingmaker. Actually, do something with it. Yeah. Like, who the fuck? Who's they, yeah. I mean, take yeah, the he money was, and do it. Like you can make shit happen. Yeah. And they just do nothing. It's like you're you're giving up your power. Find a way mm-hmm. to do something. Yeah, like, that's, right. that's the power. That, I, I think it's uh, they're missing a freaking golden opportunity. Like four years ago, when all the when Bevan was in office and all the education stuff was going down, Sarah was like, "Would you ever consider running for office?" She was dead serious, and I was like, "I was like me. I was like." <laughs> I, I got some skeletons. <laughs> I <was> yeah. like, <laughs> you, would, you would be great. 
once I, you got I, the job. But I, yeah, you wouldn't want to like, go through that like, shit. I was like, you really think that like we'd want to be under that microscope? Like, I, no, that's fucking. I was bad. like, I, school yeah, board members crazy. getting death threats all the fucking yeah, time that's now. Crazy. Um, yeah, I, it, I, it's crazy, man. One more thought: the filibuster. This is the the point related to like the the centrist power is there's those people like this. The cinemas and mansions of the world are, they have it backwards. You should absolutely get rid of it because then you control those votes above 50 or right around 50, and you have a say in every damn thing that happens. Like, yeah, why? not just this I, really important one, every, every single, single thing. Which, which one? are the power play. You're, you put your thumb on the scale of what you want, but I think it's telling. They don't want, they actually don't want to make those decisions. No, I think, I, I think, I, I think because that you can only lose in their minds. But I mean, but I think but I think you're I think you're close. But I think you're a little bit wrong. I think it's back to what we talked about in the beginning uh, that we were talking about with with David Brooks. In that, so I'm going to take it all the way back now. So it's not just that David Hume or like well, some <laughs> well, some philosopher that, well, that yeah. Brooks thinks is. <laughs> Well, well, no, I that he I, jerked off to at Yale or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, now, now I've uh, now I've lost the the train. Well, of that. I, I was going somewhere with that. It, it was about how actually wanting to get the something slow, done. The, no, yeah, the slow wheels of progress, like undoing the filibuster, speeds up the process, and that scares. Oh, I understand why scares. conservatives don't yeah, want to yeah, do yeah. it. I'm saying like, no, 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 no. If you're actually a man, people but, aren't. But they're but they're centrists. Actual so, conservatives, the, 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 which yeah, are which are conservative. Which you know, to me. Centrist is a little bit more conservative, but it's also a party that wants to govern and wants to get some stuff done. Well, it should be what it is. It's uh, right. Uh, it could be pragmatic people. It could be yeah. truly like, hey, I feel different. It could be a normal thing where you don't actually just like agree with everything a certain person yeah, says. No, or right. it's, not, it's not a party line. It's like this thing I'm yeah. here, I'll, this thing I'm here. Hey, I'm just asking questions, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we we, we kind of got away from the you know black hole that is Donald Trump, but uh, what all this stuff coming out this week, Maggie Haberman's misheld or uh, you know uh, held back information about the withheld junk. withheld yeah misheld yeah withheld <laughs> sorry uh, no no I I'm shaking my head at her unheld <laughs> yeah like what just on what planet but but how. F- Fucking hilarious is it? All, all the, the the fact that it was withheld aside, how fucking hilarious is it that he's writing shit down that's probably like <laughs> confidential and fucking flushing oh. it down the toilet like it's a bag of coke and in the 1980s in a fucking bathroom stall in <laughs> Studio 54. Like, what and then the it became like part of his campaign that the plumbing was bad. Yeah. Toilets don't flush properly. Like his level of like. He says the quiet part out loud. He projects everything that he oh does and feels onto other people. Like, don't you feel this way about toilets? Yeah, or right. don't you do these crazy powers? Like, he's just telling you what he does. <laughs> it's wild. It's just all out there. Like, have, you, have you ever flushed all your secrets down the toilet? But here's the thing, though. It's crazy. It's another, again, I'm not sure I want to say he's genius for it. But, like, if you're so transparently awful and you just say everything yourself... There's never a scandal because we've become so conditioned and obsessed with the scandals and politics are like secrets or things people find out with all these sources and reporting. And like, he just tells you 
and things just come out over time. So there's never like a moment of, Oh, this is the thing that, cause it, it's just a thousand things. And like paper doesn't even flush down the toilet that well. <laughs> like, it's no, such it's, a weird thing. I know there's like 28 fireplaces in the white house. Right. He, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the, like, uh, he's just, he's Stephen. he's, he's bad at all these parts though too. And but he gets away he's like with Leslie it. Nielsen in the naked gun. He yep. just yeah. fumbles his way. Well, I think that's why like through life in terms of, like, uh, maybe art's too strong a word, but like even like respond to this guy with like, humor and comedy and he's so on the nose and so ridiculous like how do you even do anything with that it's just yeah uh, maybe it is performance art yeah like like, in a couple years somebody's gonna be like ta-da like it's Banksy yeah exactly like gotcha yeah Trump died like 25 years ago yeah Uh, (laughs) oh my god oh yeah I mean yeah if if for some reason, like Steve-O or something like that, <laughs> but it is wild, Jason. I mean, we're at a place where oh. a, a New York Times reporter on the Trump beat gets a scoop like that and saves it for three years for a fucking book. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, like, I mean, no, no. How do you? How do you even? Like, there's no justification for that. And, no. and now the Times is sticking up for it. Like, you, no, of course, you, you don't, you don't, you don't think that people like. I don't know. You're either on the job sharing the information or you're not like, you yeah, don't get to do it. Exactly. They should, write a they should. Book. Sorry. And, and I don't mean to be a dick, but they should skewer her. I mean, th- this, yeah. this is yeah. something that should be like, look, we, we have journalistic integrity and there's only one right. way to prove you have journalistic integrity. It's to be like you withheld information from the public, public information yeah. that the public needed to know. Yes. And she's not the only one. No, 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 no. I, it, but th- again, that's the, you know, are you winning Pulitzers and selling papers or, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the, the same way that politicians are winning elections. The New York Times is doing those things. So they're, yeah. they're doing their thing. Um, all right, let's take a break and we'll shift gears when we come back. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. All right. So switching gears a little bit here, um, you know, we're talking about politics and the founding document of this country, the Constitution, which Republicans love to wave in people's faces because we're always violating it or it's under constant threat of attack from Democrats for things like wanting gun laws or, you know, because the revolutionaries all had handguns and they all had m16s and ar-15s and fucking bazookas and whatever else they wanted to have because you need a well-armed militia right so they, they love this this document the constitution and and one of the things that they love when it works in their favor is the first amendment so this has been under a little bit of fire lately um most recently with joe rogan doing his podcast, which is uh, disseminated on all sorts of media streams, but he has a deal now with Spotify for $100 million. And um, you know, he's notoriously been anti-vax and had all sorts of people on that are allowed to spew their opinions. He's just opinions asking questions, Jason. That are allowed to spew their he's opinions. 
Yeah. He's yeah. just asking <laughs> questions and, and, yeah. and not asking questions when people and calling people on bullshit when they're spouting yeah. bullshit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, anyway, regardless of what you think of Rogan, and I'm sure we're all going to be in the same, uh, fuck Rogan boat, but uh, regardless of what you Brogan. think of, uh, of Joe Rogan, um, it, it sort of speaks to this larger issue of, you know, like when Trump was deplatformed from Twitter, everybody's like, oh, well, we got freedom of speech. We got freedom. Of... OK. All right. So let, let's talk for a minute about uh, the First Amendment. Um, guys, in, in your mind, uh, what does freedom of speech mean? What, 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 well, what well let's mind? read the First Amendment. Oh, let's read it. Because I don't think they do. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Okay, there's the religion. Or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. All it talks about is Congress not being able to infringe on these things. It says nothing else on the matter. It has nothing else to do with... How people react to free speech, what it's, it's private about, citizens react to free speech with, yeah. what corporations or companies or anybody else. It only mentions Congress. It was made that's for, it. It was made for political speech. I mean that's it. It was made that's all it says. It was made for Good. small government. Fine. <laughs> it was right. made for people to have an avenue to call out their government for not doing what they were supposed to do or what they think they should be doing. Um, and it extends broadly beyond that. And really the only thing that is not protected under that, like you really can say whatever the fuck you want in this country. You can't say bomb on an airplane. You can't specifically give the time and location of a place to go and commit a crime or like say, Hey, we're going to go burn Beeler's house down at this place in this time. You should say, you could say somebody should burn Beeler's house down. And that would be protected. But if you said, we're going at this time, and then it... it, it What law does that break? uh, Inciting a riot, or if you're talking about time, location, and like gathering people for to do a specific Uh, or or commit a certain crime, it can be a number of things. It can be like conspiracy to commit a crime. It can be, uh, you know, inciting a riot, something like that. So those are... I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew (laughs) that. Just play one on TV. I'm not. I am not. With that mustache, he's playing only. Kind of looking trooper. like Mike Lindell, if I'm being honest. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, come on! Oh no! I, mean, I gotta go shave. <laughs> Picture, pictures will accompany the, uh, the yeah. podcast. Oh, I'm attaching. It just hit. It, oh it just no! Hit me. I, I got. Oh. I'm screenshotting as we speak. It really does. Um, <laughs> hold on. Good. Google Mike Lindell. My pillow. <laughs> my pillow. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, He's exercising his first amendment back to the uh the, the conversation quite a few times, made a documentary. Yeah, the, that, like like nobody's trying to actually silence him. Like he, he's gonna be able to keep talking. Nobody's trying it's just like, well, that guy's an idiot. Uh and if you're a company. Hey, like, do whatever the fuck companies and corporations are allowed to do whatever the fuck they want. Uh, Exactly. So, yeah, the whole thing is disingenuous, and it to what you were saying, Jason, is yes, there are a few things that are um, 
yeah, not protected or illegal or, you know, and I think there's obviously been a bunch of Supreme Court cases that try to zero in on what's, you know, what's actually not protected. But it says nothing. The Constitution says nothing. The law says nothing about, for protected speech, what anybody else can do in reaction to it. It, 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 It has nothing to do with the First Amendment or anything else. It's freedom of speech. It's not freedom from consequences. It, yeah. These things are completely different. And to stand behind, oh, I, I mean, I can say whatever I want. The implication almost always is, and you can do nothing about it. And no, that's never part of the deal. People can always do something about it. Right. The, the, you're not going to get arrested. You're not going to get thrown in jail. But all the rest of us can do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> yep. Within, freedom. Yeah, exactly. That is freedom. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's it's wild how sometimes it's even like corporate freedom. Yes. Like it's, that's it's what yeah, capitalism it's, too. Like exactly. Yes. Yes. Because that's yes. kind of inescapable at this point. Right. I think we're probably yes. going to buy stuff. Yeah. So, so what? They, Absolutely. Uh, by, by the way, uh, I'm looking at pictures of Mike Lindell now. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking, at, looking at myself in the screen here. Pretty, yeah. I, oh, I, you might have to shave that. <laughs> can I be him for Halloween if I carry a fucking? Pig? Oh, dude, you should definitely be him for Halloween. Uh, hold on, how do I how do I share my screen? <laughs> this is what I my Never mind. You can do it. It's that green button down at the bottom. I gotta see this. I know. Oh, yeah. Do it side by side. Here. <laughs> okay. Um. Disabled participant screen sharing, Baylor. You uh, disabled yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Hang just on. Just Google on. it. Look, look at the one in him in a blue shirt where, holding a pillow if I can't do this. <laughs> this is where I get silenced for the rest of the podcast. You're, you're good. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, who can share? All participants. Oh, oh yeah. See, where it's like really hugging the pillow. Like, <laughs> yeah, here. Can you guys see it? Uh, oh, hold on. I don't use Zoom start, or work. Yeah, start. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, good. Good. That's unreal. Yeah. Yeah. You got the the hair flap thing. Oh, man. You got to get that cross right there. Oh, yeah. I, I, I got a whole jewelry box full of crosses. Well, and do you still have like those those bad blue shirts that people wore when we were in high school with like black pants? Because that's what he's wearing right now. <laughs> oh yeah, he's wearing a Catholic schoolboy uniform here. Yeah. <laughs> God. Oh. Actually, he does look like a Cuff religion teacher there. He does. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yep. All right, Brent, Brennan. All right. Talk, Brennan, talk anyway. Talk again, so I can get this side by side. Also, you have oh. like thirty-seven tabs open, which. I can respect. Oh yeah, uh, one of them is Mike Lindell, and then there's this. And, I mean, the unusual the, journey of Mike Lindell. <laughs> most of them are what? That's a generous uh, headline, I would say. What's that? Oh, the unusual, the journey. unusual journey. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like at this point, like he really should like attach his whole pillow wagon to the Trump star. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, he's which made, I yeah. think is what this is like foreshadowing or alluding to. Um, so, like, I don't blame him exactly for. <laughs> no, I mean, he's, a, but also, it's like, kind of his whole identity. He's, he's always insane. spent all his money, his advertising budget on like Fox News and whatever. Like, it's, hey, 
He's free to do that. Whatever. He is. Uh, he... <laughs> so but anyway, sorry, Jason. We've sort of no, 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 yeah. a lot more uh, substantive First Amendment stuff to get. No, to, this but... is way more substantive <laughs> uh, than anything we've uh, we've been on. Too long. Didn't read. I look a lot like Mike Lindell. You do. Yeah. <laughs> Has anyone told you that before? No, man. People yeah, say weird shit to me at work. Yeah. I did this kind of shit all the time. But like, uh, they thought I was wearing a robe for like two months. Uh, <laughs> what? On like during work hours on yeah, camera? Yeah, <laughs> which one of my coworkers does? Um, but no, he's, he's in the he's in the UK. He's an Indian guy in the UK. So if there's any like cultural, yeah, okay, fair things that yeah. might be there for better or worse. Um, uh, he does all the time. I had one of those old man sweaters with a big collar, and they assumed yeah. it like went down to the floor, um, <laughs> which was a huge difference. <laughs> I also had just like another like blue, like navy blue, like collared shirt. It was like flannel. They're like, is that a robe? I think I had it unbuttoned like a little bit. What? Oh, it's not a fucking robe. <laughs> not wearing a robe. Why would I? Yeah. Why would I wear one? And why would you think I'd wear one? Two different people, like two days apart, accuse me of wearing a robe. On weird. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe get that angle up a little higher so they can see further down. Oh, you know? I, oh, I, I don't have a good setup here, man. It's always, uh, yeah, I know. I look way better like go. that. Everybody yeah. does. Yeah, it's always better. For I know. I, I just, I need to get a camera or something. Yeah. I do this all the time. I double chin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> all those GNTs, baby. <laughs> they don't get to see those down there. <laughs> so uh so back to let, let let's call it what the republicans have dubbed it since that's what who we're bashing on this episode let's no make make you know zero qualms about I'll, that well if we go further i'm not just gonna bash on them yeah okay there's other people that are complicit anyway Yes. Yes. No. Bueller, you're one of them. No, yeah, no. Always. Yeah, I'm not running for you're office. You're unnoticed, my friend. I'm not, I'm not sociopath enough, man. No. Um, I don't know, man. What do you What do you guys think about this idea of, of, of cancel culture? Are they unfairly? Are, are we unfairly? Like, I jumped the ship on Spotify. I'm off Spotify now. And I went to Apple Music. And I didn't do it just because of the Rog- Joe Rogan thing. Uh, but that was certainly a contributor, uh, to it. I started looking because of that. And then I was like, you know, are there better music services out there? Do they sound better? Do they, cause Spotify always skipped, skipped for me. It would always like jump. I don't know if it did that for y'all too. And it sounded a little I'm bit, a, I'm an OG Apple guy. I don't Tinny. Know. I I'm, I'm, I'm on Apple music now. So, uh, I've, I've joined that, uh, that convert me. I don't know. <laughs> So, but anyway, I'm still Spotify, uh, but, but yeah, can, uh, cancel culture, man, or like the, the concept of either way. Well, you know, it gets a lot of shit, of course, from the right, but like, aren't they the ones for responsibility, like across the board and, um, you know, paying for your actions. So if this is like collectively, what some people or even individually, what some people want to do and feel about, um, about something, then like, that's it, man. That once again, like 
that's actual like freedom of speech and doing what you want to do and being conscious consumers. Um, and those things all have repercussions. Uh, man, like the, the, the people complaining about cancel culture are the ones that want to cancel the most shit. Um, so it, it's, uh, it once again, disingenuous and I kind of don't care. Like, like I, I, I'm only going to like, listen to read, consume the people that I want to like, uh, and, and vote for, for that matter. Um, and most importantly, um, so like, I don't know, like, I think cancel card culture is another fucking dog whistle, um, that, uh, is just a, a, a talking point to try to, you know, skewer some liberals and it, I don't know, largely yeah. works. Yeah. It, it's a culture war issue. And I think mm-hmm. it's another example of like, projection where they're calling out in other people the things that, that they do because they know the game yeah and, right yeah and i think it's and and they hold brilliant move though it is and i think because the for you know many reasons the in general the democrats hold purport to hold themselves to a higher standard um so they're right for hypocrisy claims and there's never a time when Republicans don't jump all over that when somebody, you know, screws up or whatever, and they hold them to a standard that they would never hold, you know, people on, Al, on their own. Al Franken. Of course. Yeah, exactly. They're just waiting for people to screw up. But to the larger question of, I, I hate the term. I hate it. It like makes my skin crawl, cancel culture. But yeah. I think as I agree with Brennan, and I think both of you is, Hey, everybody, I mean, we have a right to react to how to things we disagree with, however we want as citizens. I mean, if you want to unsubscribe to Spotify or stop listening to somebody, or, you know, you want to go protest against them. I mean, that's absolutely our right. I think personally, I get uncomfortable with um, the whole, like when somebody makes, particularly somebody who's not a politician or fame's not the right word, but, just some a normal person who says something that I disagree with or is even maybe objectively like wrong or borderline offensive. I have zero desire to like make their life miserable or make sure they lose their job or email their boss to tell them about it. Like I don't give a shit. Just I'm, I just choose to ignore them or move on. But I think there is this, there's this guy. I mean, you can, you can do those things. That's all protected speech or reactions. And you reactions. certainly can today because everybody has yeah. you know, uh, footage or content or whatever of people exactly. saying stuff all the time. And yeah. so, I don't know, it's out there. And, um, and again, I think it's you can do that. It's legal. I, I, I wouldn't say that, I, you, of course, you can't stop it. It's not how I want to live my life, like doing those sort of things. And again, I say this as, but, but I, I acknowledge I say this as like a white male. Like, so there's not much that I ever hear that I'm like so offended by that I would feel the need to like be so angry that I would want to make sure that somebody paid for that. I acknowledge that. And I think for some people in situations who are more vulnerable, there are things they, they see and hear that you would feel more genuine anger and rage totally get that it's just i i don't i don't know there are so many of those situations like 
speak out against the person, but move on. Don't give them the, the oxygen or the attention of, right. you know. Well, the three of us come from such diverse backgrounds. We yes. can have a real round table about this. It's like three different <laughs> neighborhoods within like a four mile radius. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so I, I did want to acknowledge that publicly for, because it's true. I mean, I, I for our seven I, listeners I, that what's that for our seven listeners that yeah, but no, it's true though. I no. I realize that. Well, and we're not minorities in any in any and and also mm. and also picking piggybacking on that point. I mean, we at the same time are probably if things if if there's ever going to be an impetus for change in people acting like Joe Rogan is acting, not even necessarily just the, like he's making money the same way Howard Stern made money in a large extent, but it's a specific time and, and way that he's doing it. Like Howard Stern was not like, Oh, everybody's dying of age. You could should go fuck guys in the ass that you don't know. Like, that is not what Howard Stern was. He was a shock jock. Don't tell me what to do, Howard Stern. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. I'm, I'm uh, canceling you, uh, Howard Stern. And plenty of per- people turned off Howard Stern, by the way. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so oh, he, yeah, His I audience mean, has gotten smaller. I mean, he's making a ton of money, but it's he's not, you know, he's not over the air. Right, but he's actually... He's also like... Like almost 70, right? He's fucking and, old. And he's, yeah. and he's actually... Making pretty much the same points that we're making uh, <laughs> about the things that we're saying uh, right now yeah. in terms of like cancel culture and, and and all this stuff, and the right who was a darling of him for a while because he he tended a little bit conservative for a while and was saying some sort of I don't know um, like he just he wasn't politically correct and the right liked that and yeah. he he wasn't like progressive at any point and. He came out once. More, like, I mean, libertarian almost. Probably, one, once COVID of, hit, whatever. but yeah. once once COVID hit, he was like, "Fuck all you all!" Like, if you're not gonna, mm. like, you know, and they they hate that, and they all they all flip the script on him. But Dave, to your point about um, it's the whole concept is ridiculous, like of ruining people's lives uh, over. These are all celebrities we're talking about. Well, but but, Almost, but there right? are some like but, academics but, okay. and you know, I, I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up something that is you are know. they good academics? Like, well, no, I, who's I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. No, like I, if, <laughs> if if kids tuition should be sponsoring some dickhead ideas either. Like so, <laughs> so, no, I'm getting I mean, fired from that. All right. What about the kids? I don't, I don't want to like dox people, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I guess that's where I'm going to like again. The kid from uh, the kid from Cupcat, the kid from our high school, yeah. that Nick Sandman or whatever is yep. yeah, that, was that a it? Crazy fucking situation. Yeah, so. absolutely crazy situation. Like, if nobody ever would have filmed it, nothing would have been said of it. He would have done something stupid. People would have reacted badly to it, whatever. But like, for that to get the attention it did was asinine. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. For him to become like a media darling of the right, fucking asinine. Oh, for a fucking uh, for, 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 yeah. for people, but, but he like embraced it too, of course, which he did. is it, also it, asinine. But which tell, but, but that, when you're but yeah. when you're a sixteen year old kid, but when you're a sixteen year old kid, and I'm I'm not saying 
that that's what I would have done or any of us would have. I'm, I'm just saying it's different. Like your mind works different when you're 16 yeah. and you see, and who the fuck knows what his friends and his parents and anybody else were spouting in his ear. And it, I mean, you, know. you, you probably do know. No, I, you, we can guess. Yeah, we can absolutely. guess. We can guess. So, but all I'm saying is that like the idea of skewering someone over that, but for Rogan, like the people that listen to him, listen to him. They're not offended by what the fuck he's going to say, or they, no. they. And some of his audience no, man, probably hey, fucking they, died as a result of like him. That's pre- the point. Yes, I I agree. I've well, listened to Joe Rogan podcasts before, um, and like they're interesting, and like most of the time he doesn't spew misinformation about uh, like life and death things. Right. He talks to a comedian or, or talking about life and death things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Unless MMA is life and death, because that they do a lot of episodes <laughs> on that. Um, like a lot of comedians and I don't know. And then like, uh, he, you know, he did just like ask a lot of questions of scientists and he's not a particularly dumb guy, but he's not a particularly like brilliant. You, you guy don't get either. that far in life being dumb. No, I mean. no. But like, Picking this as your hill to die on, um, perhaps literally, is like one of the dumbest things. And it like uh, I, I don't know why people are like getting this caught up in, in this issue. Uh, other than that, like it's so like important and existential that like it. It has a, an, I don't know, like nuclear energy to it that they can latch onto. Uh, and once again, like for the sake of like power and a hundred million dollars and uh, a somewhat like sociopathic or nihilistic worldview, in the end, somehow, like I, I just can't believe that like people feel that strongly about something. Um, and, and under like almost entirely false pretenses. Yeah. It's, it's dishonest in so many yeah, ways. Yeah. I wonder the yeah, I mean, I don't know him well enough to really know, but I wonder if that's true. I, I don't know if that's true. I mean, does or is he really he's not dumb, clearly, but there's these there's the a streak, and I think it's a particularly like uh masculine guy thing not to box him in but i think he, oh he it, absolutely is right that's yeah and it there, but his audience is 80 and, and all uh, all, all these people are into like there's like this libertarian streak anti-authority cryptocurrency like they love these things that are like sarah's brother mainstream but slightly counterculture and like so that i think the vaccine thing is right up the alley of these this cohort of, wait a minute, are we sure? I mean, I agree. <laughs> it's, it, it's, I'm not excusing it at all. It's, it's like it's fucking, it's, crypt- it's killed people. But cryptocurrency but think- is like pretend stock trading, even more pretend than regular. Oh, stock it's, trading. oh, and, of course. It's so it's like, absurd. all right, well, whatever. You, you, you guys play with your monopoly money and trade no, it as much as you want. I'm, I don't care. I uh, think it's crazy. I'm not defending it. I'm just, but I think no, it's I know all- you're not. I'm, I'm with you, man. The vaccine thing, though, is crazy. It actually kills people. You idiots. No, I know. But 
for whatever reason, they, there's this like avert, or they they want to be clever, and they there's these there's enough little bits and pieces of data that they take that are either fabricated or not true, and then you know it informs their worldview. It's it's clearly dangerous, but I'm not sure that I don't think he's on a mission to say fuck my listeners. I want to. I'm clearly not like no. I, I don't. No, no, he's so I think he's not who. What was it? Was wasn't it Hamilton that said, "I'd rather be right than be president"? Like these, yeah. these guys are like, "I'd rather be right than be alive." Like yeah, and they're putting it. a stake like, in the ground. I, like I, I, I think I they'll look sheep. back on me and not, stay. I'd rather be this right. guy was. He's not. He wasn't a sheep. He he knew what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. But it stood up for my liberty. Or yeah. Something. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it does. But, it, it it brings me back to like the whole idea of going back to cancel culture in general. So somebody like Joe Rogan. So he says these kind of things and encourages behaviors and we're like, well, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? So one reaction is to say, fuck him. I'm quitting Spotify. I want him to lose his job or whatever. But what do we, what, what, what do we want to do? Like is, is trying to ostracize him and put him in a corner or make him feel aggrieved is that going to accomplish anything other than him doubling down and saying, fuck you all. Or is there, are people like him redeemable in a way that like, if you actually try to engage with them and yeah, he, he might actually be smart enough and open enough that he would. Yeah. I think he's kind of gone. He's not, he's not. Yeah. He's a lot of money at stake, but is there a way to approach it? And, and again, maybe this is Pollyannish, but like if you actually want people to change the things they do and say, Instead of just saying "fuck you," we're gonna throw you to the curb, and he's gonna be a fucking feral dog, like fighting back. Do you say, "Hey, let's try to figure out again"? You're not gonna change people's minds, but like, why are you going down this path? Like, why why are you ignoring all of this stuff and promoting these people that have this interesting idea to you? But come on, man, look at the data. Like, you know, is there a way to to do it differently? Instead of just our default reaction is this person. Is saying yeah. shit that is abhorrent and fuck them forever. And I, I'm no, exaggerating. Like, but Joe Rogan, by the way, not canceled. Still very exactly. Much no, exactly. You're yeah. right. Yeah. No. The yeah. ones where he says his, the his checks are still were clearing, baby. And, yeah. And, yeah. and so, like, not the only place you can get his the Joe Rogan podcast. It's not exclusively. No, it is. Now, right? It is now. Oh, is it, yeah, it is. That's the hundred billion. Yeah, dollar that's deal. why. That's why I signed him. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. well, look at me thoroughly. No, I mean, uh, so you no, can't. I mean, so you can't that, get it. So that makes it like kind of a bigger deal in ways, like because yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it, it's absolutely Spotify. So, well, it makes it it makes it a bigger deal for Spotify for sure. Yeah, yeah. The whole yeah. publisher versus yeah, because because if, if he got yeah. booted, like let's say Spotify was like, we're we're, we're we are canceling you. Brogan's like, okay, I don't give a shit. $100 million cancellation. All right. Or I'll sue you and you owe me $60 million and then I'll go somewhere know, else for yeah, it. Whereas yeah. all over the place. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's it's basically a win win for him. And we're still talking about it. Like, yeah, man, he's getting more famous by the minute. Yeah. I don't think again, he's actually a sociopath. I think he. No, I think I, he's. Yeah, again, I think I'm he's projecting, but. Probably naive about. He's in a bubble world of these, like, libertarian bros who think they're smarter than what's fine. Hey, we've, I mean, 
Who hasn't hung out with no, in a different world? Time. You can imagine. I mean, I'm not. We're not bros by any stretch. But like, I get how somebody would end up in that bubble. Like, I do. I hate it. It's gross. I hate those fucking people. In Moving general. to Texas. Yeah. No. I. I mean, I. I. I don't know. One of Haley's friends who falls in that camp very much, and her husband just moved from uh, like Ojai, California, like outside of Santa Barbara, to um, like kind of middle of nowhere, Texas, because yeah. freedom. Elon like, Musk. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, all these people. Yeah, I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'd be shocked if they weren't my, huge Roganites. My yeah. brother-in-law, Dan, is uh, 100% on this uh, this train, who, who actually is probably a tens of millionaire if he sold all his Bitcoin today. Here, yeah. here's, here's the craziest thing. Even like, after the... Yeah, no, no, it, it doesn't matter. He owns a Bitcoin exchange. Every transaction that takes place on his platform, like he gets money from. Like he's, he probably keeps record of it, which kind of nullifies the. But but but, uh, here, but here's but here's the crazy thing. That's he, incredible, though. He he looks at it as generational wealth. He says, "I will never cash in a Bitcoin in my lifetime," and yet he pours tens of thousands of dollars into this. He's like, "I it's not for me." It's for generations down the road when this is the only form of currency in the the Carmen name. It's like a survival thing. You should put some in cash, bro. Like the Carmen. Or real estate. or The the name will still ring out. I mean, it's absurd. It's ludicrous. And now he's got Sarah's mom on this. So Weird. There's always a grift. It's nuts, man. (laughs) It's nuts. That's kind of what it seems like. Follow the money. (laughs) It's nuts. That's crazy. But... Anyway, well, so. All right. Let, yeah, have we solved? Yeah, we're almost there. I don't we're know. I'm confl- this is a difficult topic. I, I mean, I truly, we should call out things that we see is when people cross lines and they should absolutely be held to account and called out for it. And You've crossed a line. It, yeah. If it warrants canceling, like, I, it, but I think it's, it is definitely more nuanced than, I mean, everything. Yeah, is, but it is. I think, it, I think it is. it's just. People are trying to make it unnuanced and call it cancel culture. Exactly. Uh, when, when in reality, people are just called out for their bad opinions or actions, and As sometimes there's be. consequences for it, and sometimes they're just, and they're, sometimes they're less than just, and sometimes they're more than just, if that's a thing. So um, well said. And uh, that's still happening. Um, but people are and much none more, of it violates the first fucking amendment. That yeah, is period. Absolutely true. Which, which yeah. is a perfect, perfect segue to the thing that people are actually trying to cancel and get rid of altogether, which is books read by students. The Bengals. (laughs) No, you're so chomping at the bit. We'll get there. We'll get there. I don't even have anything to say about it. We'll get there. What's the, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Book book burning. Banning, banning It's close to burning, but banning. Uh, so, it's metaphorically burning. Sure. Yeah. One of them is Fahrenheit 451, which is hilarious. Like, yeah. Yeah. Which is, is pretty amazing. Yeah. Burning. Uh, yeah. So as a high school English teacher, it comes up every year that there are bills in the state legislature all over the country that try to restrict education in all sorts of different ways. Um, about a decade ago, Texas passed an asinine curriculum map that was basically saying that we're not going to teach anything 
about certain parts of history that we deem uncomfortable for white students to think about. I know what that's called. It's called protect whitey, man. Like, chill the fuck out. Critical race theory, CRT. Yeah. So, uh, so most recently, they not only, yeah, you know, this doesn't only impinge upon history and history texts and what we should and shouldn't be teaching in history classes, um, but also now it's into the English field and they want certain books banned, outlawed because they make students uncomfortable. Now, this is not new. Uh, there's a banned book week even where we celebrate the most books that are most often asked to be banned in certain places, usually in the American South. Um, but it is, it's going all over the place now. Um, and all of these bastions of evangelical right, uh, throughout the country are not only going to the school board meetings and threatening to murder people about mask mandates, but they're also threatening to, uh, do even more heinous things if they don't throw out things like Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eye or, uh, you know, Richard Wright's Native Son or even Huckleberry Finn. So read that one. The, the 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 crazy Speaking thing my language. the crazy thing about this is that people are more fucking up in arms about Joe Rogan being asked to not talk about <laughs> certain things yeah, on the right. air that might murder people, <laughs> might kill people, than they are about actually canceling, banning books from public school libraries from you know from places where these things would be readily accessible to kids that are coming of age that should be reading these texts. So, um, yeah, education bills, banning books. What the fuck? And back to the I'm, First Amendment. I, I, I was pulling up the First Amendment again, and this one feels a little bit more appropriate, doesn't it? I mean... <laughs> I I think so. I th- I think so. If you're going to talk about First Amendment rights, I mean, I, I I feel like this is the one that, like, we should not be banning texts. By the well, way, it, it works inversely every single fucking oh, time. God, yeah. If you go, yeah. go go and look at the any any states where they pass this stuff, if you go and look at the bestseller lists for those states, like those books jump into the top ten immediately yeah. after being banned. Right, just like the whole. Yeah, going after Joe Rogan is not yeah. going to silence him. I mean, no. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That 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 has never worked, and that like prohibition worked really well, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like we just yeah. prohibited, yeah. and people highlight the it. thing that you. Uh, mm-hmm. It's called this on the internet. It's called the Streisand effect. I think is you you draw attention to something that was otherwise not all that noteworthy, and it it actually highlights the thing that you didn't really want uh, people to think about or talk about. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Why is that the Streisand effect? I think she did it one time or something. She was like, she's she, not that good, but she. No, she, something came <laughs> up, and she like maybe a critic. I forget. I should know this, but like she called it out, and then people found out what they were dogging her about. It was like, well, if you never would have said anything, no one would fucking known anyway. Oh, like, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Okay, <laughs> now we know. You know. The thing you were pissed about, now people actually know about. Anyway. But yeah, so 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 this is really asinine. Like obviously I'm 
this is near and dear to my heart, but if you read some of these bills, you know, they wanted to ban the teaching in, this is in Virginia, of the Lincoln-Douglas debates. Now, granted, the Lincoln-Douglas debates, the people that were voting on this thought that these debates were between Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm hitting my uh, head against the microphone right now, if you can't oh hear my that. God. They are not. Today, the, the guy would be called Doug Douglas if he was a congressman <laughs> today from the South. <laughs> I'm Doug Douglas. Uh, and I'll keep your first and second and third Fourth Amendment yeah. rights. Uh, not on my watch. Are they going to take this shit away? So it, 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 it's these things where the people that are somebody proposes the bill that you know files the bill, and the other people don't even know what the fuck they're voting on. They don't read it. No, there was a senator in Kentucky. They've like, never read any of these books. I can guarantee oh, you that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. No. Not, not a chance. Senator in Kentucky not this past a week. Who sponsored a bill? His reaction when called out upon the bill was, these bills are given to me. Oh, right. I just sign my name and pass them on. Mm. This is what we're dealing. I think we talked about this in the first segment. This is what we're we're dealing with. It all comes back full circle. This is what we're dealing with here. These these people don't give a shit. They're not working for any person. They're working for companies, groups of people. They're the mouthpiece or the pen or the warm body that's going to occupy a thought of a bigger idea, a bigger agenda. And it's infuriating for the little guy who gets things like, you cannot teach anything that makes somebody feel uncomfortable. Well, what the fuck do you think black people have been going through for the last hundred fucking years in education? Yeah. <laughs> Things that make them feel uncomfortable? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> like, I mean, give me a goddamn. We came over here and built this great country. What, what, what do you think the, the native people have been thinking? Native Americans yeah. have been thinking for the last hundred years, sitting in public school, last two hundred years. Yeah, man. you know, it, it's I mean, it's such a cynical, transparently culture war issue. I mean, yeah, they are the wheels of justice turn slow. Yeah. We can't do anything about it. We have yeah. to just keep things the same. Like, yeah. it's not a coincidence. All of these things are true. Yeah. There's no, my conspiracy it, theory. Well, I think it. Yeah. I mean, this is the most cynical fucking ploy. I mean, they, they I mean, they do care about this stuff, but. This is, red meat. this is red meat for their fucking voters. It's red meat. You can go on your, it's great for your campaign. It's great for your political rallies. It's great for the local school board meeting, like to talk about this shit in culture war terms. It's, I don't know. It's, it's disgusting. And the thing that's funny, it's, is, but it's wrong. It's just getting wronger. You have to keep turning that direction to like, keep yeah. Your oh, whole, well, like, and the whole thing is, but, and also have to, to float. I, Back to the fucking David Brooks article. If you have stable, solid communities and families and you're afraid of a fucking book, like you can't (laughs) teach your children, hey, even if you read this, here are the things we believe in and let's talk about why and even argue against the book while letting your kid read it. You can't fucking do that. You fucking 
talk about a fucking snowflake, like deal with it, like an expose. They're actually like, afraid of all books and argue against they're it. Starting with they're just starting with these. Exactly. Yeah. It, wouldn't it, I mean, the whole anti intellectual tendency of the whole party is astonishing. one of the other cornerstones. Yeah, it is. It absolutely yeah. is. And I think I think well, you talk about it in there well, in that he, article. He, here's the that crazy. we didn't really touch on, but it's it's gross. It's absolutely great. It's it's such a sign of weakness that you can't handle new ideas and argue against them, or you know, if you truly have you know a, a family value that you want to stand up for, then fight for it, and and fight for it on its own terms. Don't just you know ignore the. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. So I, I love always how also um, the, the the communities that get banged for having you know incomplete communities or flawed communities or um, broken families are always lower income. However, if you look at the last 50 years, um, the trends hold the same in those neighborhoods as they always have. And the trends are rising in the middle class and upper middle class neighborhoods for divorce, broken family and everything else, Mm -hmm. which actually plays into the GOP base of like, oh, this is all broken. But the blame falls on the poor when the thing that is being broken was the thing that you came from, and yet Mm. you're propping that up. You're saying that's the Mm. right thing. You're saying that's the thing that needs to be. And I'm not saying, I I think that absolutely a, a family you know, a family dynamic with two parents, whatever gender those parents are, whoever those parents are, if you've got two people supporting you, whoever you are, and you're coming up in your life and you've got two solid people there supporting you, if you've got steady income, you're going to be much better off than any other person in, in this, you know, in this world. But the bottom line is two solid people, even without a steady income is going to be better than one steady person without a solid income, the more of those components you add together to put, to put into that mix, steady person, steady person, good income, good income, that just makes it all the better base. But what they're saying, what they want to preach is that like, well, it's, it's broken families. If you come from these bad neighborhoods, it's broken families, but it's not broken families that that are up here that, that live up here in this, you know, that came from this world that we prop up. The bottom line is that that's where the family has been deteriorating more than anywhere in the last 50 years. And that's the Republican fucking base. So you want to talk about like the family, the death of the family and the family model. That's where the examination needs to come from. That other component that you always blame everything on was broken to begin with because the economic side was broken and yeah, man, if you don't pay people or make laws that if you don't make laws that ensure that companies pay people a living wage, uh, you can be sure that there's going to be a lot of fucking broken homes because people don't have enough money to live, even though they're working uh, as hard as anybody else. And a lot of times harder. Oh, shit. Okay, I have a question for you guys. Maybe a bit personal. And Is it about maybe, the Bengals? No, not yet. No. Maybe your kids are too young for this, but I... I obviously can't speak as a parent, but just thinking about what you would want your kids to be exposed to books or whatever. Do you feel you obviously have strong worldviews and feelings about 
probably how you want your kids to grow up and how you would hope that they would see the world or whatever. But do you feel yourself trying to prevent or protect them from seeing or hearing things you don't want them to hear? And again, maybe it's different because no, it's futile. T- 10 years. Yeah, exactly. And, and when they're older, I mean, they're going to get it anyway. because they have the internet. Yeah. Everybody has the internet. Everybody has the, so, the, so the it collective about, knowledge of you yeah. humanity in your pocket. So like, I don't know, man, like, so is I it about protecting what, what precious things they hear or, Hey, I'm going to teach my kids about the world and how I see it and try to guide them. But if yeah. you, you're just going to prevent them from hearing things you don't want to hear, Good well, fucking luck with that. Well, one thing that you realize, especially after like, I think a second kid, maybe Jason, you're getting there probably at this point. Um, if you haven't realized this before, is it like what, like what, what you try to make your kids is not what those kids are or will become. You like, gotta try to not fuck them it's up. like, <laughs> you, 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 like, uh, so 90% of that is, uh, was in my semen, yeah. you know, like yeah. that. It, it, it was. It's been like genetically encoded. I can do, but like these kids are going to become what they're going to become. And also, I'm not going to fight against like, hopefully, like at least the good parts of who I am. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what I. But like, I don't know. I'm also not going to teach them that like uh, the word fuck or shit is like the end of the world because it's not, it's like a right. sound that you make with your mouth and it doesn't hold that much like cultural. And meaning. If, you I'm not build, if you build these things up, it's going to become more powerful anyway. And no shit. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to expose them to uh, other stuff and I don't know, man, definitely like want them to be like, you know, a better version of myself. You know, it, yeah. I think a lot of that's baked into us as humans. Um, but like, man, like, I don't think I'm going to be able to control like their exposure to no, if, that many what, things. And what and, would you have to do to I, actually try to accomplish that? And what would the consequences be? It's, I would, you know, what is, when it was as easy as like burning a book or banning a book. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Right. But like, <laughs> no, sorry. They can get that book on their uh, uh, and yeah. now they're probably intrigued about what's in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, right. I, I would say t- two things to that. The first one is, I just, I don't want to fuck my kids up any more than they're already going to be fucked up from yeah. their from their DNA, from having me as a parent and having to be around me for the first eighteen years of their life. Like, I hope. Yeah, Come like, on, like. Well, but, but, but no, like, like, we all we all have tendencies. I know that, what you mean. That are, I, I, yeah. like, no, you're right. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I want to no. stay out of their way and allow them. Look, I, I, um, about two years ago, I I read this uh, coaching thing, and I was like, man, that that kind of like really makes sense for life and for everything. And it was talking about how um, you know, as coaches, a lot of times we're afraid to just. Like, we want to teach them everything. Like, in this situation, you need to do this. In this situation, you need to do this. In this situation, and it, instead of teaching every little step, it's like, what you need to do is give them simple parameters and then let them go. And 
And the hardest thing as a parent or as a coach is to allow kids to fail, to make mistakes, to get hurt, to do things, and then be like, well, now's the time to learn. Like, what, what should we have done differently? Like, all you need to do as a parent is lay out simple parameters, try to keep them safe in that sense, and then it's hard to do, but you got to allow them to explore and figure the things out on their own. I can't always prevent them from falling or doing those things, but it's, it's the hardest thing. But as a coach, as a teacher, as a parent, it, it's all the same in that, like, I can't tell them what to do in every situation. That's what I need to do is teach them how to make those decisions. Pragmatically, though, having a couple of little kids, like so many of the things you want them to do to like control their behavior is because the, like other side of that is something that's super annoying and like time consuming and energy sucking from me. Like, um, uh, stop waving your hands all around that giant glass of chocolate milk. You just like, man, like, like, but it's like that all the fucking time. And you know that Jason, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you're yeah. just trying to like, uh, all right, please stop jumping on me. My back is about to yeah. snap in three. Like, <laughs> no, I, 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 a hundred percent get that, but you're, you're also, I a hundred percent get that, but you, you and I also aren't to the point to where the kids are like, to where you can really like truly set them free or like, like if I really don't want, my you're still kind of keeping them if, alive. If I, if I really don't want my kid to <laughs> spill shit, I'm going to put a lid on their cup or give them a yeah. couple of the lid or like you know you know what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah. once you give them that freedom, you you're... give your kids lids. <laughs> once you, once... God, fucking book burner, Jesus, that's going to give maids <laughs> lids. <laughs> takes you down quicker i think i i don't know what your original question was dave but no i, I was I, I, truly I, I, just I, around what i was trying to think i was I, but, but coming at what are are people really interested in protecting their kids from like is any of this the bottom sincere? the bottom i don't think the bottom is, line is this you know? this right here has changed yeah. things in such a way that we have as, as a yeah. society have not yet adapted to. It's the number yeah. one problem for yeah, because seventy five year old guys are running our country, right? Yeah, and they think that somehow, well, yeah, banning books is and again, but I think it learning it it, it, it points out it, it ain't about actually protecting their kids but, from but but actual actual critical thinking and learning is being hindered right. hindered by this in ways that we yeah, haven't we haven't yet understood. And uh, the biggest place we see that is in schools, I think, it, in that kids are so distracted or tired from being up all night on their phones or so distracted in class about what's going on that they can't focus long enough. You know, and it, every generation says, like, oh, this generation, we're, we're dealing with something different here in terms of, like, yeah. this piece of technology. Once again, these aren't books. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, oh, they stayed up. I like reading. Like, all right, I get it. That's yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, but like, this, this is yeah. totally different, man. They read everything. They're, they're reading about how to become a millionaire on TikTok, like, and then yeah, trying like to go cryptocurrency like do, investments do whatever, or something. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure that um, 
you know, I, I do think that keeping them away from this, uh, as long as possible is, is a start and like getting them just, you know, we just finished reading the Hobbit with Fox and, uh, we're like a hundred pages into Harry Potter. He, He loves getting read too. And like, Every you know, couple of pages, he'll like ask a question about the story, just because he's like, "So does this mean that this like?" I don't. I don't know. I I think that's a step in the right direction, as opposed to being like, "I was watching this show tonight, and it said this, this, and this." He still watches TV. Don't get me wrong. He watches. My kids are addicted to screens. Too, too much TV <laughs> for my liking, but uh, we we still read a shitload in this house, and. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't fucking know what the right answer is. I, I know what the wrong answer is. The wrong answer is more of this. Like the, I know that that is the wrong answer. Um, He's holding up his phone. Less, le- less human interaction. Less, um, less context for what you're reading. Less ev- everything. You just. Uh, I think you're mostly right, but I think that there's also like a lot of power in having that much information. Right, man. But, like you're right. able to consume and digest a lot more stuff, and if you can, if you can curate that and not like somehow give in to other people or whatever trying to do that for you, um, that that can be a good thing. And I almost feel like we have to embrace it as such because it's not going back, right? Like uh, we're not going to be like looking up books with the Dewey decimal system anymore, man. And are, are so like, that might not be permanent, but anyway, like, oh, it's actually, I mean, we, it's, we, 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 right. just, yeah. we like, we got to figure out like how to almost embrace the immense power of the technology and the connectivity that we've been blessed or burdened with um, yeah. or somewhere in between. Yeah. I'm not trying and, to and, sound like a lot uh, I'm not trying to sound like a Luddite that we have to completely like reject this. What I'm saying is that like we give kids these things without the proper skills to navigate and understand yeah. how to use it. And like, I mean, the, you the see prop, it, man, the like, proper you see it every day. restrictions to be able to put on them. Like no kid should have a phone in their bedroom when they're trying to go to sleep. Like they, they just shouldn't. They, they, I shouldn't have a phone in my bedroom when yeah. I'm trying to go to sleep. <laughs> right, right, but but especially a kid. Like, no, I know. That, that, I, that, yeah, there's exactly. so much stuff to do on there. That kid's never going to go to sleep. Like our kids are just tired from they're on their fucking phones all night. And I'm yeah. not saying we didn't. Stay and it up, never ends. Stay yeah. up late and do that stuff, but like, eventually, other the internet never goes to sleep. <laughs> our friends went. Well, to sleep. and I think like, you, maybe you guys are both sleep. saying the like, same. Like, how how do you harness? Right. The, right. No, we are, we are. We are. Positive we are. things, and their future life is going to be influenced by this in a massive way. Well, there's Jason. What if what if Fox pushes back against your no screen indoctrination, and by like age eleven um, is like neoconservative. Uh, <laughs> guy um was it, the, was it worth it <laughs> yeah <laughs> by that time neoconservative will be liberal so it'll be it'll be oh, no i'm just kidding <laughs> i have i have no you know it the the kid's gonna go the way the kid goes hopefully yeah, right. he picks up hopefully he picks up two things and the first one is just like treat people well 
like just be good friends to people and like treat people well. Like if he picks that up, I really don't care what his, the other parts are because the other parts have to fall. Like if you treat people well, like if you're dedicated to human relationships, then it's hard for those other things to not fall into. The second thing I hope he picks up is his room. Yeah, yeah, no shit. (laughs) Man, I would have definitely made that joke sooner if I knew that uh, that second part was a joke anyway. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I feel you, man, for sure. All right, we're going to take one more break and then get in. Word from our sponsors. Yep, the fun stuff. All right. All right, cheers. So they're fucking up the country and canceling all the culture and education is trying to burn and ban all the books. But there's still one thing that this country can fucking get together on and give one big shit about. And that is a bunch of meatheads crashing their heads together, giving people concussions and saying, this is the best fucking thing on the face of the planet. (laughs) And uh, yeah. Who day? Dude, the Super Bowl. But not just the Super Bowl. For the three of us, a culmination of 30 plus years of misery, hopes, Misery, misery, (laughs) hopes and dreams crushed and uh, misery and more misery spearheaded by one Mike Brown and uh, his relentless pursuit of making money over making fans happy. So, gentlemen, the Bengals are in the fucking Super Bowl. (laughs) How crazy is it to say that? Once in a lifetime, I feel like. Uh, third, we may go third, 30 more years. Third time in our lifetime. 30, 30 more years third, from now. Third like, time in our lifetime. So I'm going to talk over you now. But So but, it's not once in a lifetime, but... <laughs> um, Once in a pubescent lifetime. Like, <laughs> you know, it, that matters somehow. It's pretty fucking special. Um, oh, dude, it's going to be awesome. going to be awesome. Um, it just like snuck up on us. I feel like I don't know. I mean, I did. That's not what's best. See... Yeah, that's why it's fun. Like I, I feel like the whole ride has been like totally unexpected and like oh, it's it's not not that they're like they're not acting like underdogs, but they clearly have been, and it's so much more enjoyable like, <laughs> to not feel like the weight of the world. And it's just like these games are like fun (laughs) i don't know yeah kind of amazing i i think there's something to be said for a quarterback that has a certain swag about him like he's in a sequel yeah i didn't i didn't want to go french on it but you know your your dad's creole so i'll let you go there (laughs) um he's not he's not actually creole (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. Creole, now, Creole now, now, now we're splitting hairs, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, you you hit on it though. It's the um like this team feels different than other te- other teams seem doomed. This team seems destined. I don't know. Yeah, it, yeah man. Like if one of those Carson Palmer teams would have won a couple more playoff games, you know, by the skin of their teeth, which they didn't we may have thought that then too, but whatever. It's fun to feel that no matter when it happens. And yeah. so this is cool. And you're right. This team is cool. Um, definite swag about them. Um, and like for the first time, practically ever, I won't say in our lives again, um, <laughs> but uh, that it's been like actually fun to be an NFL fan. It yeah. really helps if your team wins. Um <laughs> And, and like, I've suffered through a lot of NFL fandom, um, and they, once they, they have a, a pretty, uh, engaging and charismatic product to sell us as well. Um, sometimes it, it doesn't seem like the best thing, but man, like when your team wins, it is really fun and this is fun and who day go Bengals, man. This is going to be awesome. It's amazing too, to me that there is something about when your team wins, it brings back like for, for me and I'll speak for myself, but it does bring back all these weird like memories and emotions of like your like history with the team. And I remember this when Kentucky won the title in 2012, like it was obviously exciting, but it was like a weirdly like almost nostalgic night. Even the night they won it, like thinking about like, people that I've watched the games with over the years. And you get to these texts from like people you haven't heard from in years. And, and it's been that way with I the got Bengals. So many texts from it's people. Crazy. Like, I, haven't, I haven't talked people, to man. Yeah, people use that like, awesome. an, like an excuse to like reach out. Totally lost touch with. And uh, it reminds me like, I need I, to do more of that. And I try uh-huh. to, it's so cool to like hear from people. It, it's, it does become something more than just like, Oh fun. My team's winning the game. Like there is like this connected, connective tissue through like your life it's i mean i guess that's why people like love sports but it is sounds so stupidly trite but it's true like it it does make things like so much more enjoyable i don't know i you know i kind of forgot what it was like i know man me too. <laughs> it, it's, it's really like we, yeah it's yeah. funny we did a uh we did an episode, a Think Piece podcast, yeah. on sports fandom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, we 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 talked about whether there's like a um, um, an attitude that goes with cities or sports teams, and and but what we didn't hit on is exactly what you're talking about, and I think that's uh, really interesting to bring up is why why sports bond us in the way that they do. Um, especially if you're a fan of a team that doesn't have much success for long periods of time, like are those fans bonded by misery? Are they like what, what still bonds them? And then when they have success, like we're having right now, um, it's it the collective, like getting this off our chest, like this, like, Oh, we finally got the playoff win or we finally got, you know, we finally got back to the Super Bowl. Is it that collective getting it off your chest? Um, I, I feel like there's so much at, at psychologically at play when you talk about sports fandom that it, it's a really just enthralling thing. And I suppose it could be applied to other things like a love of 
I don't know, like a board game or uh, uh, like chess or something, or but never on the scale of sports or fandom. specific like times and moments yeah, that like, are shared. Like it's just I mean, so it's so grand, yeah. grand. Like the scale is so big that yeah. um, you know you can ask somebody, oh yeah, where were you? Like I can tell you right now where I was for the nineteen eighty nine Super Bowl. I was in. Oh. The more I was at the house, Moon house on Beacon Hill. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Like I can tell you exactly where I was. <laughs> I can tell you like what hors d'oeuvres were being served in like, yeah. like, you know, I remember those who day beers, like the, the Bengals theme. So, oh my God. So, so my crushing them. In yeah, the that, that, that Super Bowl was on, <laughs> on my brother's birthday. Oh, right? no way. He, he was born. He, he was born in 86. So, this was his third birthday. Mm-hmm. We we yeah. we woke up that morning, went to Chuck E. Cheese, had a fucking birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese. My parents were what a day. Well, yeah, well, my parents were. Holy pri- shit! That's Will, literally the greatest day ever. Will, <laughs> I know what I'm doing tomorrow morning. Yeah, no, seriously. Swilling <laughs> pitchers of cheap beer from Chuck E. Cheese while we go get MRSA. Do they the still have beer, pit. Chuck E. Cheese? Oh, they did back in the day. I don't know. I can't I don't do this still. Uh, I'll, I, I don't I'm, I'm just. I'm trying. Probably. To, I'm trying to fill in January '89 for you. Uh, Sorry, January 23rd, 1989 for you. But th- the crazy thing is, like, I remember that day down to like the hours. It's insane. Like, oh. it, it, what I remember about that. I remember that. watching the whole pregame show. At our house before we went to the party, like I watched every second of it. Yeah, and so like, like for I don't, six I don't hours. remember all that shit. I remember, <laughs> I remember where I was. Where were you at? The Casa de Burring, as in oh David Don, Don, Don and Gene Burring, Gene yeah. Burring, yeah. yeah. He did, Don Burring smoking his pipe inside. Yeah, that that smell. I was, that I was second hand, secondhand smoking pipe tobacco that whole time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sidebar: Fox is trying to get me to take up the pipe after reading the. Oh, Hobbit. twist your arm! A- huh? after, yeah, I was gonna say after yeah, this is not gonna be a good time. Fox. A- after, after reading uh, the Hobbit, he's like, "Dad, you should totally smoke a pipe." I'm not a fan like I was when we had season tickets, Dave. Yeah, you guys are both season ticket holders. I know. I tell people that, and they're like, "What? You were thousands of dollars?" Oh yeah, we were. Each we year. were dedicated, yeah. man. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Jason, how many, how many fucking personal days did you take on Mondays for a couple of years? Like, man, we, we had fun. It was, no, it was, it was crazy. Great. It, it, it was fucking yeah. great. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for anything. Um, no, I, I wish Cause it was, it was, a, it was about more than the fucking bangles. It was fun. It was, like, yeah. yeah, it was. And, and that is a hundred percent. I think the reason why football in general in this country yeah. has the draw that it does a uh, community and the camaraderie and the, like the want to like have a thing that you care for, do what it's supposed to like do well. Like, yeah. and, and like the, the, you know, that's it. It's, it's, it's gambling to a certain extent. It's, it's, it's all those feelings we get from gambling, uh, drawn out over a longer period of time. And, uh, you know, you can actually gamble on sports. <laughs> a, I do. I, I do huge, know. I, I do know thing, this. <laughs> do do not feel that that's the same feeling. Like even if you're not. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's, on it's, it. it's both of them amplified. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I but I would I would challenge that a little bit. Like I feel like in sports in general, 
for games I don't particularly care about, that's the thing. But like with when a team that I really care about is in a big game, the gambling piece of it is not a part of it at all for me, or like even a similar. Do you gamble? I don't gamble on sports much. So yeah, maybe that's why, but define much ever. I mean, other than, <laughs> okay. in, other than in Vegas, I mean, honestly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I, was, I was talking to uh, a colleague of mine uh, and he's like, uh, yeah, man. Um, I can't really tell my wife like how much I, I gamble. Uh, she, she, she knows I do. And he, and he's like, I, I never like lose too much. And I, I, I think that's probably the case. But he's like, she thinks it's like a couple hundred a weekend. It's like, you know, probably 10 grand. Like, what the ten, fuck? Like 10 grand on the line every weekend. Like, is this college how much football. Money is this guy, uh, holy shit. Not, not that much. I don't know. Like, holy shit. Like 10, I don't know. Just, just crazy. That's insane. Just crazy. Like, wow. Uh, and I don't know, man. So, so that is definitely like, a uh i don't know man like chemical endorphin type of thing it's almost got to be like yeah. doing that doing that sort of stuff like i don't know i feel like almost nobody should be no no doing doing that um not particularly that healthy doesn't behavior. sound fun no yeah. Yeah. and it can yeah. only be slight relief if you don't lose your ass like you're not gonna like i don't know but well, if he's still doing it and it's still like that, then it's not like you're just breaking even every week. So it's like, oh, so every no. week it's just a sigh of relief and not like, oh, I, I paid the mortgage for the next four years. So we're good. <laughs> yeah. That, and that, that may have happened to him. Um, but and that, he also may but have... that was rolled into the next week. Mm-hmm. But if you bet every week, I don't care who you are. You're not going to make a ton of money over it. It's just. The odds no, are literally but, against you. I mean, like, I although, mean, like, once again, devil's advocate. Like, what if this guy said, um, "Hey, well, I lost twenty grand on that this year," but like, people spend twenty grand on shit all the time. Like, oh I, yeah, no, I, no, that—that's what I wanted to spend my money on. And I, oh, I agree with that. I'm just saying, the I, chances I he's going to actually I, make money long term are no, <laughs> that's very, very slim. Yeah. But if you if you do gamble that much, and you're I don't know. Just just flipping a coin, you're gonna come up like yeah, you're know, gonna have some only a little bit less than even almost all yeah, the time. But you're there's some weekends yeah, you'll win a shit ton of money. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. No, that's true. So that's exhilarating. Yeah, <laughs> probably dangerous. <laughs> Worth it, sure. But I think, I think about God, Brennan. I was gonna say I think about like my last time gambling. I like won like 2,500 bucks at a craps table. And I was like, well, that's the last time I'm going to do that. <laughs> um, and then I like, I don't know, made a few bucks day. and never, never, <laughs> never wanted to really gamble again. For some reason, I never really wanted to gamble when I like had any money, like yeah. any money. When I had $600 to my name, I was like, can probably go to Vegas and gamble. Let's do it. <laughs> gamble two hundred dollars. Um, like that would be like maybe three hundred. It's only yeah. It's only a, that. it's only a third of my money. <laughs> I can do that. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> it, it seemed way more reasonable then. Funny how that works. How <laughs> how great were those trips though, man? I went oh, so many times when I lived man. in Tucson, dude. Oh, so many times. 
Dude, we were at the, uh, I was 16 years ago, we were at that game, the watching at the Sapphire. Oh, the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, you, get, you guys were there. Yeah. Yeah. I've watched the 2006. I've watched the Super Bowl at Sapphire Strip Club two times. Yeah, you were there after that. <laughs> after that. Yeah. Which I wouldn't maybe probably do it again, but no regrets <laughs> that was, either. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. So I went back the second time, really. <laughs> oh yeah. Wow. But I do think um I guess trying to be serious about this conversation, Jason. Who day? You you may yeah. You mentioned the soccer thing, which I, I, I mean, I agree with, but there is, and eventually they'll get, they'll get there. But part of the reason that I think this is so fun too, there's a ton of reasons, but having the like emotional history and just the time with a team and like all the connections you get from that, both with like friends and family and all the memories, like that's a big part of it. So like, even if you've only been a fan of a team for like, seven or eight years or 10 years, like it would still be fun. I don't think it would be quite the same. And eventually you, you can get there. Yeah. But it, it takes time. I think that what'll, what'll happen and what we're talking about, about fan bases and why it's so cool to be a Bengals fan right now is that the camaraderie that you get about commiserating about a team, the camaraderie that you get about like hoping a team will be good um, the camaraderie that you get about hoping a team will be relevant like an MLS team as opposed to an NFL team. That's really what fandom's all about. Like it's whatever the camaraderie is built around. It's not necessarily like, it's cool that the city is rallied around this. We are all a part of that because we grew up in that as fans of that we were season ticket holders with that. But to me, it's about- going to like weird shitty bars and like, Arizona and Colorado watching games on Sunday <laughs> Kansas City. <laughs> yes. I mean, it did it all. That, that Spent a lot it. of time in dark bars watching yeah, the Bengals exactly. over the last yeah. 20 years. And and I bet you met other Bengals fans via that. There's not, not that many. Not, not, uh. <laughs> not, not that, like, not, not that we're, like, held out, like, long-term friends, but, like, every now and then. Uh, no, it, it is. There, there, there's a community out there. Um, sometimes it's like just internal, though. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, you can create your own relationship with the fandom. Uh, you're commi- you're well. committing to something beyond yourself, which sounds so yeah. stupid, but it's true. Yeah. I mean, uh. well, it's more real than something like religion. So, yeah, no, I mean, it's obviously some version of that. I mean, clearly. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so fill that void, baby. Hallelujah. (laughs) Well, who day? Fucking Bengals are gonna win tomorrow, man.